1: Hi, welcome back. Hour number two. It's Miller and Condon. We indeed are on 1460 KXNO and grateful to be here. We'll take you up until noon. Uh, Coming up in about 15 minutes or thereabouts, Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. will slide on in here. We will recap the Alamo Bowl uh, with Dylan. Uh, Do that. Take a look ahead to tonight's Oklahoma State-Iowa State lid lifter as far as Big 12 Conference play goes. Uh, The clones are on the road in Stillwater. It's an 8 o'clock tip ESPN I think it's you that has the game. Of course, if you can't be in front of your TV, you can hear it right here, at least in the building, on one hundred point three. The bus, your home uh, for Cyclone Athletics. Trying to want to do some NFL with you in just a minute, but I want to pick up on something uh, right at the end there when we ran out of time with Bama. I think this is becoming maybe one of the big talkers of college football uh, into this off season, and that's the fact that three prominent college coaches. Turn their nose up at the NFL. All had opportunity. Not saying they all would have got the job. Uh, Matt Campbell was approached by the New York Jets. Lincoln Riley had NFL overtures, whether it be with the Cleveland Browns. Of course, he had an opportunity to coach his former Heisman winner in Baker Mayfield. Um, that didn't materialize. I would have liked to. Have seen his decision had the uh, the Dallas job opened up. Of course, Cowboys are a playoff team, and Jason Garrett's going nowhere. Uh, so maybe that decision was made a little bit easier. But Lincoln Riley re-ups, and then Pat Fitzgerald, who apparently was the number one candidate on the Green Bay Packers. I mean, think about this. Yes. Fitz said no thanks to even talking to the Packers and made it very clear on the stage following the Holiday Bowl as he sat there soaking wet, uh, A, from the rain and B, from the Gatorade. But this is becoming a talker trend.
2: You know, anytime you get into these conversations, there's so much minutia. It's a factor and a multitude of factors that you get into. Money. Money has changed at a big level at the big time. collegiate level. You're getting Matt Campbell making $3 million a year at Ames. Northwestern, we don't even know what they pay as a public private institution, but you know it's a lot of money. And then you go into— And both schools have just sunk a ton of money, and Iowa State continues to do so, into the program. Something that didn't happen in the Mm -hmm. past. You couple that with the NFL and the meat grinder that it is. One year. Look at Arizona. The Cardinals fired Wilkes after one year. Now, I don't think either of those guys would be fired after one year, but knowing, it's very quick. You have to make the jump at the right time. 25% of the league turned over this year. That's on top
1: of 25% of the league turning over
2: last year. Year after year after year. You know six to ten jobs are going to come open. Are you going to be one of those guys that's like Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick? Few Probably far not.
1: Probably not. Unless you win and win a whole bunch. I think it's a big talker. And and, and I think you hit the nail on the head a couple of points. The money? Yes. It, it's, it's not as big a chasm as it used to be. Um... And the facilities race. I mean, all of these schools realize now they have to invest in their football program if they want to keep up. I'm glad. I'm glad this is the case. It means more retreads in the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, But uh, look at some of the guys that are getting opportunities to get interviewed there. Uh, But it's a big talking point. All right, let's do a couple of minutes on the NFL. I know you were at U.S. Bank Stadium to see your Bears vanquish the Minnesota Vikings uh making it a little easier to program stuff here with the Vikings uh getting in the way for their playoff run but kind of give us um give us a sense you've been there before I know yep more bears fans for week 17 were Vikings fans more willing to give up their tickets what did you see when they when you were there this past sunday
2: so it was week 17 the last 2 years that I've been there this uh year obviously a lot more on the line for the bears and a lot more on the line for the Vikings. The Bears were a retread a year ago. John Fox played out the string and the Vikings had already secured, you know, their playoff spot going into it. But a lot more Bears fans in the buildings. I would say maybe a sixth of the building, a fifth of the building, mm. something like that. The play down in the end zone by well, Gabriel that, that made mm-hmm. the diving catch. They marked him down at the one. That was the right call. The cheer that was let out. It was incredibly loud, and I, I was. That was the first time I was looking around. You know, you see Bears fans and walking in the concourses, but it was loud at that point. But uh, now,
1: did you do it there and back, or did you go the night before?
2: Night before, we came in Saturday, did some shopping. You know, the standard Minneapolis mm-hmm. uh, that you have to do. And did had, you
1: stay up by the mall and take the train to the to the stadium, or no?
2: No, we stayed actually by at my cousin's place, who lives right next to Target Field. Lives like two blocks away from Target Field. Took the train from there. Easy, got on the train right after the game, out 494 around, and then on 35, we were in and out very quickly after the game. We are home by 11.15 or so uh, on Sunday night, so it was a quick, easy, and out, but I didn't expect that performance. You know I like to uh, wager just a little bit, Ken. I was all over the Vikings. Were you really? Oh, absolutely.
1: Well, that meant more. The game meant more to the Vikings. But look, the, the Bears had something to play for, but they were dependent upon the Rams mm-hmm. giving one away, and that was very apparent that that wasn't going to happen uh, in that football game. Although in that football game, who did they have? They had the Niners, right? Was yes, they, yes, yeah. It was it was forty eight thirty two yeah, final something it like was that. The, it was the George Kittle show. Yes, I mean, unbelievable uh, the, the season that he put together. All right, so your Bears now. Uh, They get to host the Eagles. Did you see enough in Trubisky in Week 17 when you know he's in a hostile building, Mm -hmm. a team that had a whole bunch to play for? I know you've been hot and cold. I like him more than you do. Um, Are you starting to change your opinion on your quarterback for
2: the next decade? He has grown up in such a big way this year. And there's still spots that you look at. There was a throw in the first half. He had a guy wide open on third down. Completely missed it. But that's going to happen with everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe my expectations are too large for what he is. Certainly at this point in, you're number two for him, and and you're number one under Nagy. And at times when he misses those kind of throws, you kick the ground and say, "Well, this guy's never going to make it." Sometimes you miss the forest between the trees, and I I, I think I have that problem. I have a roadblock with Trubisky because I've seen bad quarterback play for thirty years now. Ken, watching the Bears, it has been one after another. Either excitement from Caden McDowell or Jay Cutler whoever it is, to the garbage guys, Peter Tom Willis and Henry Burris, and on and on and on. There's so much bad quarterback play that I don't think I'm ever going to see good quarterback play, and maybe that's, Clouding my judgment a little bit with Trubisky. No, he's I think he's gonna be a good player, Trent. I really do. Look,
1: I I, I get it. Um Bears fans are always gonna have in the back of the mind what the hell were they thinking? Why didn't they grab Mahomes? Um they could have had him, they went in a different direction. But yeah. look, I, I like Trubisky, I do. Here's what I'll say about the wild card game, and I don't want to get you a wild card weekend. Um I think three road teams are gonna win. I three really do. I think that we're gonna see three roadies come in here uh, and pick off the home team. And the only home team that I think is going to survive, is your Chicago Bears. I think the Eagles obviously are going to put up a fight, but I'm wondering about Nick Foles. And with that Bears defense um, being able to tee off, and I believe that they're going to be able to tee off, I think that the Eagles, who were night and day to get into this spot in the first place and all credit goes out to them for doing so they did what they needed to at the end and Foles' magic uh was back in full force here again in year number two as he comes in for carson wentz but i think the colts are going to absolutely hammer the houston texans i think indianapolis is playing as well as anybody right now and that's honestly you hear this a lot but i believe it in this case this team you don't want to play andrew luck is not the mvp of the league Andrew Luck should get a whole bunch of MVP votes. Not the MVP, but where would this team be without Andrew Luck? I think the Colts are absolutely going to be a pain in the ass uh, in the AFC before they say it, uh, before
2: they pack it in for the year. And what a story from the start that they were on. What were they? One and three? Remember when Reich decided to, instead of playing for the tie, he went for the wind? You remember that? Yes. Yeah. In overtime. Mm -hmm. Who was that against? Was it Tennessee, maybe? It was a play. I don't recall. I don't remember. But he, They started 1-5. I know. 1-5? Mm-hmm. This is a 4-12 team without Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And you talk about value, right? That's most valuable player. Take him off? No, he's not going
1: to win. Mahomes is going to win or Drew Brees is going to win. But Andrew Luck should finish third. And that's the thing that I struggle Was with. Was it Houston, maybe? This sounds right. I think it does, too.
2: Mahomes, you take him off the team. Well, we saw that with Alex Smith. Last. And they're a playoff team. They're a touch better. But value, maybe I just measure it differently. But when I look at value, Andrew Luck is the most valuable so player in my him, mind. So you would if you had a vote, you would do I it. would. I, I understand Mahomes. Hit the benchmark. 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. It's incredible. Will he be Drew Brees? Best player in the league is Mahomes but most valuable player to me is Andrew Luck. Yeah, no. Look, where would the, Where
1: would this team be without him? I think Seattle's going to beat Dallas. Road victory number 2. Dallas, I have no idea how they're in the playoffs. I really don't. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. They're, they're in the right division.
2: The Eagles stunk. For, uh-huh. for most of the year. For what the expectations uh-huh. were, certainly. Yep. And, and but that's a scary team. Washington and the
1: Giants. Boy, how about Barkley? Isn't he fun to watch? He My is. God. Uh, but I believe Seattle will beat Dallas. I think that the Chargers... Look, I watched him play the last couple of weeks. I watched him play Baltimore. I was in Los Angeles. It was we were at a bar so was where I spent Christmas. Uh, it was where I spent um, two weeks before. When did I get there? The 18th. That was a long time. Bar. Still on tap every single night. <laughs> um, I think the Chargers can beat Baltimore. It's 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 two weeks apart. Baltimore. Who do you like? That, that, to me, might be the one where of the, uh, the the least conviction in the road teams of my prediction
2: that three will win would be the L.A. Chargers. What we saw a couple of weeks ago with that Saturday night game, mm-hmm. right? Saturday night. Baltimore th- pulled away. But that was a coin flip game. If you just look at the final score and you see 22-10, oh, Baltimore's a lot better. Now they get them at home.
1: That Baltimore defense Trent. This is a coin flip
2: game. I think it is, too. And, and in the playoffs, you have to make throws. I mean, Your boy Tebow... He made one throw, and he won a playoff game.
1: Well, Demarius Thomas made one run. Yeah, but that, yes, that he, did,
2: he was hit in stride eight yards down the field and then took it the distance. But He made a throw. Mm-hmm, he did, when uh, it counted. Can Lamar Jackson make a throw? Yes. Can he make two?
1: You asked me, A. Uh, look, I like Lamar Jackson. He's obviously gifted with his feet. Yes. Him and Trubisky are both fun to watch when the play breaks down in front of him. I don't know. I think this Baltimore. I think there's more to the John Harbaugh. I know they come out and he say that he's our guy going forward. He's getting some overtures, including one in the Mile High City, which would be just fine by me. Although I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I think of the of the home teams I feel most confident in is
2: your squad. You do, I do. The point spread says the same thing. What's it's the number? Five. What did, what did it open at? Five and a half. Okay, so it stayed about the same. About it's the same. Around a little bit. My nuts for being nervous about Nick Foles. You should be. Yeah. Uh, but don't forget how he left the
1: field, how he finished the game. I mean, Nate Sudfeld finished the game the other day. And if they have to play that card. It's different. You're right. If Khalil Mack gets an opportunity for a free <laughs> shot on Nick Foles, you think he's gonna, you know, uh, pull up? Absolutely not. He's gonna paste him. Um, I, I feel pretty good about your, uh, about your bears in that spot. I do. By the way, uh, if you like point spreads, um, You've come to the right place because we're going to talk a lot about it. And Jason Simbel joins us on a weekly basis. He's another one of our guests as we, as I think uh, periodically pops into my mind who's going to join us here in the, uh, in the weeks, months, years to come. And Jason Symbol is the uh, vice president of risk. It's CG Technology, full disclosure. That is the company that I work for out in Las Vegas. Now, I don't work for CG Tech. I work for CG Analytics, but you get this it's all under the same roof, right? It's um, a subsidiary, I guess, of that. I'm their horse racing guy. I don't have anything to do with the point spreads or anything like that, but I do get an opportunity when I'm out there to see how the sausage is made to go behind the counter, and it's really fascinating, especially during a Sunday or a Saturday um, just to see the the in run the in game betting and the numbers coming in and the point spreads being shifted around when the money comes in It's fascinating to watch and if you're into that thing, I wish uh, that you would have an opportunity to kind of go behind the scenes and just see how it's done but Jason Simmel's going to join us uh, each and every week to go inside the numbers, whether it's baseball season. Football season, basketball season, whatever the season, it's always in season when you're wagering on sports. Will this be the year uh, that we're able to do that legally in our state? I think it's got a big chance. I really do. Um, Obviously, in the next few weeks, we'll get a whole lot closer to a yes or a no as uh, the legislature is going to determine that and make their decision whether they're going to allow that. Um, I don't have... I mean, I don't have any inside information whatsoever. I do recall that during the campaign that both candidates for governor were lukewarm to it. I get that feeling. I know that the one guy that was behind it for, for years, I think his name is Jake Heifel or Hightower. Heifel, right?
2: Heifel, I think
1: sounds right. That's yeah, right. Jake Heifel, he got beat. Oh, no. Yeah, so he, he was a real proponent. He wanted fantasy sports at first, uh-huh. and then kind of moved to bigger picture with, with sports wagering. And once Paspa was overturned in New Jersey, paving the way for, you know, all of these states to be able to offer sports wagering. And I do think it's going to be brick and mortar. I do. I mean, when, what I mean by that is I believe you're going to, at least to begin with, have to go to a Prairie Meadows or a Wild Rose Casino and, and, and sign up at one of them, those places. I know the lottery wants to be involved in it. It remains to be seen how it's going to play out. But if I had to wager, I would think by football, um, probably August next year, they'll kind of dip their toe in the water, kind of a soft launch type of thing. I don't think you want to open on Labor Day weekend with
2: college football. August of this year, 2019. August of this year. All right.
1: August of this year, um, sports wagering, you'll be able to go out to Prairie. And then I'll have an app after I put my money Uh, in? That, that's, that remains to be seen whether they're going to allow it that way. I mean, we're talking about Iowa and, and look at, I get it. You know, do you, do you go full blown? Do you throw the doors wide open? Is it the wild, wild west or do you kind of? You know, you kind of put toes out a little bit. Make you go to Prairie to make a better. Make you go to Jefferson or Clinton or Emmitsburg or any of the other casinos that decide to get involved uh, throughout the state of Iowa. But that's going to be gonna be a big year. It's going to be a big talker here in the months to come. Uh, will sports wagering become legal in 2019 as the legislature? I'm assuming it's about to be in session, right? Don't follow. You're asking but, the wrong guy. That's one of the reasons I love working with you, TC. <laughs> we'll take a time out. Dylan Montz, I look forward to talking to him. He's a really, really talented uh, writer for the Ames Tribune. I like Dylan a lot. He's been great to Trent and I as we've struggled over the 18 months. Uh, we didn't. Uh, we lost access to the register, guys. I, by the way,
2: yes, I'm
1: starting to think that's a little personal. Did okay. If you, you notice that, and not between PD yeah. or Birchie or Chad or Emrit, I think it's a little personal because when we
2: left, Memory, they couldn't go anywhere but here. Right, nobody from the register can go on. Not anymore. allowed. Not allowed. And I had plenty of the register guys say, "Hey, I'd love to come on with you." I, I we've been told no. Look, I talked to Randy
1: Peterson for the first time on the radio. I've known Randy Peterson since 1989. Had him on the radio in 1996, and then all of a sudden, no. Nope. But when we when we left up the dial, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're allowed to go on over there. Now, not the not the four. Right, you know the main guys,
2: but, but we, the others,
1: but the others. I think it's, I think it's, maybe it was personal.
2: Should we try to get one of the no. guys? No? No, I don't want to. We you're, got,
1: we got Mark Moorhouse.
2: You're shutting it down. Yes.
1: Look, we they went. our show wasn't good enough for him to come on before. Uh
2: huh.
1: You know, maybe that's not the right attitude to have. But it's the attitude I do have. I'm 60. I'm a grumpy old man. Get off my lawn. We'll come back. Uh, Trent and I continue until noon. Dylan Mont's next. Look forward to that. We will. Uh, Take your phone calls at about 1140 if you want. We've promised that we'll carve out a, a, uh, at least a window every day to take phone calls. I know that all the other shows too. I think it's great that they do. Look, everybody does sports talk radio differently, right? Uh, Trent and I like to have guests on. We like to talk to each other. We do. We go guest heavy on this program. We're glad you're with us. We're going to be here every Monday through Friday from ten until noon, talking sports with you. We'll come back with Dylan Motts back to Iowa State when we continue on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNL. This is fourteen sixty KXNL. Welcome back in Condon, take you up until noon every Monday through Friday from uh, 10 until noon. Talk sports with you tomorrow. David Kaplan will be here normally on Wednesday, but Cappy uh, tomorrow on Thursday, uh, working on Wade Looking Bill from uh, former Hawkeye to talk uh, to preview Purdue and Iowa. We'll do some, uh, we'll recap Oklahoma State tomorrow with Alex Halstead. Uh, right now, Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Glad to say that uh, Dylan is going to join us in studio a whole bunch here uh, in the weeks, last months, come he's back from San Antonio finishing his break. How are you, Dylan Montz?
3: Doing pretty well and I wanted to say it's good to be on with you guys. It feels like it's been uh, quite a while since we have chatted, but um it's good to be back in Iowa and and good to be back on the air with you guys. Now, I
1: appreciate it, Dylan. Look forward to seeing the whites of your eyes sitting across from you and Trent here in the uh, uh in the weeks to come. Well, the game aside, Dylan, we'll save the game for a minute. Your biggest takeaway Uh, From the whole Alamo Bowl experience, it was clearly uh, I think the biggest uh, destination, uh, the best bowl game Iowa State, uh, at least until this point, has had an opportunity to participate in. What was your biggest takeaway from uh, the week uh, that you spent in San Antonio?
3: Yeah, uh, so I was there over Christmas even. I got there a week out from the game and so I kind of saw a little bit of the river walk before everybody uh, got to town and Uh, On the 26th is really when Iowa State fans started to get to San Antonio, and kind of uh, it was along the lines of what everybody was thinking in terms of of turnout. And, uh, you know, when you would go back down there uh, for lunch or dinner, it just was Iowa State fans wall-to-wall, and, um, you know, you'd see maybe uh, 10-to-1 Iowa State fans to Washington State fans, but the same kind of in the stadium. Uh, I I thought Washington State turned out maybe a little bit better than they would have given them credit for, uh, fan-wise. The press box was right behind their biggest section, so it was a nice contingent from them. But, um, you know, really, that's that's the, the whole Iowa State experience and, and what they were able to do fan-wise and selling tickets. That's why um, they're taken in bowl games like that. Sure, the team has to um, be at a certain level, but, um, you know, I talked to Jamie Pollard earlier in the week, and he said, um, you know, that, that's kind of uh, what helps make it, and Matt Campbell kind of echoed those thoughts too. So that, that was probably the biggest thing aside from the actual football that, that really stood out to me.
2: Let's go to the football game and what we saw in that Friday night. Down early in the football game, some early mistakes out of uh, the quarterback, Brock Purdy, but they bounced back, and certainly opportunities there. It seemed like afterwards, though, a big talking point from the fan base was the calls that didn't go Iowa State's way. Your takeaway from the officials?
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where um, you you have some that go your way, uh, the Taunton call. Um, that one against Washington State could have helped turn the tide. They obviously ended up scoring off that, but that brought it back. Iowa State had a chance there. But then, um, yeah, some of the, you can, you know, set the targeting calls aside. I, I think the one on Willie Harvey was probably warranted. The one mm-hmm. on XDU Azarike, um, maybe a little bit more questionable, especially since it happened during a timeout. I think everybody was kind of caught off guard about what was even happening. Um, and, and Matt Campbell was certainly yeah. uh, not pleased with it either. But I thought that Matt Eaton. Uh, catch uh, that they ruled incomplete yep. was uh, another one. Uh, just, you know, weird moments. And I guess you'll have that uh, when it's left to human judgment. And that's not probably what people want to hear. And it doesn't make anything easier. But uh, really, for me, it comes back down to the, the turnovers were killers. Um, the false start penalties, uh, I think there were seven of them. Yep. Um, you know, and, and despite all of the uh, officiating inconsistencies, you still had a chance to win if you take away a turnover or even if you take away a couple penalties because they did happen in critical moments.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. The left tackle he he moved his left foot all night long, uh, and and clearly the one that you know that's being talked about was on the was on the touchdown play where he clearly moved, and I have no idea mm-hmm. how it was missed. But as you said, it's human element. Um, you know, you'd you'd like to think that those things even out in Iowa State's case. I'm, I think they're so far behind they'll never even out as far as calls seemingly go against them. I get why it gets the fan base all hot and bothered, but uh, it was a hell of a football game. At the end of the day, my biggest takeaway on that was you know Matt Campbell being able to, because he was hot. I mean, he was as steaming as maybe Matt Campbell's ever been caught on the sideline. Uh, and then uh, in the, in the interview as he, you know, he's just going into the locker room his his ability to regain his composure when his, when his PO'd as he was, that to me was really impressive.
3: Yeah. I was trying to put myself in that situation. And if, um, you know, I was faced with, with something like that, how I'd react. And, it, it, it would be tough to kind of regain your composure because you're in the middle of it. You're really kind of, um, you know, you're, I think the biggest thing for him, and he said it after the game, after he had really been able to regain his composure was he was just trying to figure out what had even happened because Washington state had taken that timeout. Um, Dr. Minshew's helmet had come off. And so I, I don't know if anybody really thought anything of it. It was just one of those plays where you thought, okay, if helmet came off, Washington state will take a timeout just so they don't have to put in their backup quarterback. But, then it had gotten buzzed down from the, uh, you know, from the booth upstairs, and those guys had, had you know, obviously communicated with the officials, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, any's out of the game. So uh, I, I don't blame Matt necessarily for that, just because he was trying to figure out what was going on. But as you mentioned, uh, that's probably as, um, you know, you can maybe talk about the Julian Good Jones, um, you know, celebration penalty, or if he, yeah, flipped the freedom rocket to the to <laughs> Kansas State uh, player, whatever game that was. Um, he led into him pretty well in that game. But uh, other than that, that's probably as, as irritated as I've ever seen him, um, you know, officials, players, uh, whatever, uh, during a game.
2: Something about bowl games, David Montgomery losing fumbles now, the yeah, one a year ago. good point. In the Liberty Bowl. It was, wasn't a fumble. It wasn't a fumble. No, this one was. This was a fumble. But what about Montgomery and the rest of the draft-eligible guys that still have eligibility remaining? What What's the timeline you anticipate for that, Dylan?
3: Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think the deadline is, is it January 13th? 14th, I think. It's either 13
2: or 4,
1: but 14 rings a bell.
3: Okay, yeah, I I knew it was coming up here one of these weeks. I couldn't remember the exact day. But, uh, you know, it sounded like uh, something could come this week. Uh, I I would imagine it would be early next week. Um, I I know they kind of probably wanted to take a little bit of time. We didn't talk to Montgomery after the bowl game, so didn't really get his thoughts. And, you know, Butler just kind of mentioned that he wasn't really – putting too much thought into it at that particular moment. But I would think it would probably be sometime early next week where you'd really start to hear uh, something from those guys, but it wouldn't shock me if it was in the next couple of days either. Um, Cause was, both of them will have um, some sort of decision to make some opportunities. I know they're, they're both trying to get with family and then, um, you know, reconvene with Campbell. So, uh, I would imagine within the next week, uh, at least, we would we would hear something.
1: You know, those are the two uh, in in Montgomery and in Butler that clearly I think have the the most difficult decisions. But what about Ray Lima? He was a guy that you know throughout the season, Dylan, throughout our conversations, and even going back into the summer months, as you know, we're killing segments as as we do in this business. Um, and we're grateful to have you on to, to talk Iowa State at that time to do just that. Ray Lima was one of those guys that I think all three of us felt that if he takes that next step, and I thought he a really good year and clearly had a target and was double-teamed time and time and time again. But what about Ray Lima? Any any speculation, any scuttlebutt at all about him and perhaps leaving a year of eligibility behind?
3: You know, it's kind of interesting. i had seen a few people on, on different message boards and even on Twitter kind of ask about him because, as you mentioned, Montgomery and Butler are the guys that are brought up first and, and are the, the most likely to. I think with Ray Lima's case, uh, he's he's a little bit different than what uh, NFL defensive linemen look like. Uh, not to say he's not of that caliber, but to leave a year early, it would, it would surprise me a little bit more just given maybe what his his exact skill set is because even on the interior the defensive line in the NFL, you see guys, um, you know, Trent and I will talk about uh, the Bears a little bit, but Akeem Hicks, mm-hmm. uh, he's a little bit more athletic and he can kind of, really get a pass rush and, and Ray Lima can do that at times but uh, he doesn't necessarily put up the stats that you see some of those other guys across the country put up um, just because he is eating those blocks uh, but I, 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 I would say it would surprise me if, if he did leave early but I think he's a candidate uh, at least next year to kind of be in that conversation but I, I wonder if it is going to take a few more stats for him to actually uh, be a guy that's a little bit more talked about as even a mid-round draft pick. All
1: right, let me stump both of you Bears fans that I'm sharing the, this conversation All Where right. Where did Hakeem Hicks uh, go to college?
2: University of Regina.
1: How about that, Trent yeah. Condon? Flaunting your Canadian knowledge on us. <laughs> where is Regina? <laughs> it's Re- Regina. Regina. It's did I say that incorrectly? Yeah, it's right next to Manitoba. Oh, okay. Between Alberta and Manitoba. You uh, have a good lost. player. I do. I know you do. Uh, but he's a good player. Um... Dylan, your Bears, before we get into basketball. I know you're a huge fan. Obviously, I work with one. Do you give the Eagles any chance?
3: Yeah, Nick Foles does make me nervous. <laughs> um, you, know, and you don't wait for guys to, to be injured or anything, and I wasn't with that um, You know, their last game against the Redskins. But um, you didn't necessarily feel a little bit bad if he wasn't 100% <laughs> uh, going into that game. But I, I, like, I like the Bears obviously being at Soldier Field. I think that makes a huge difference. Um, but I, I think the Eagles uh, have certainly made a run here in the second half of the season. Um, you know, Nick Foles is dangerous. Uh, they have weapons. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think that there's a win, but it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a little bit, a bit of a nail glider, I think. Uh, maybe you'd have like, seen the Vikings another week, just given kind of um, the year they've had and, and didn't necessarily make the push that they needed to at the end of the
2: year. All right, Dylan, with that, as we're hopeful that we'll be able to see the Bears here for the next uh, month or so playing on a football field, let's get on to the Hardwood and Iowa State hoops. Big 12 basketball starts, and I guess if you had to start with the road game, this would probably be the one that you'd schedule yourself. So schedule makers work all right. What do you know about Oklahoma State?
3: Yeah, they had kind of an up-and-down start to the season. Um, they were a little bit of a surprise last year and were able to go beat and some teams and, and make a run toward the uh, postseason, at least put themselves uh, in that conversation. I, I just think, um, you know, if, if you're Iowa State, if you're you know, trying to live up to that top half of the Big 12 or, or competing for the second, third spot behind Kansas, these are the types of games you have to win. And I think that's kind of what Steve Prohm, um, his message was uh, the other day was uh, – old serve court, you serve court at home. Um, you got to be able to be strong there, but you see the teams like Kansas or, um, you know, in the past, uh, you know, West Virginia, even those teams go and win on the road. Uh, Iowa State is going to have to do that. And, um, like you mentioned, it's kind of, uh, the, the maybe the team you would want to start off with, uh, in, in that quest. So, uh, I, I, I don't know much about Oklahoma State, but I think, um, it's Iowa State, um, Really, that it's going to come down to how do those pieces fit together? Is mm-hmm. Wigginson getting a few more minutes? What is does um, their front court look like with Michael Jacobson? Does Cameron Lark get a few more minutes? Um, I, I think those are kind of the things that I'll be paying attention to as they, as they try to go win in still water.
1: Biggest surprise to you so far, at least roster wise, uh, so far this year, Dylan, a transfer, one of the newcomers, one of the returning guys. What's your biggest surprise uh, so far uh, in the non conference, anyways, for Iowa State?
3: Yeah, I'll kind of go 1A and 1B. Okay. 1A would be Michael Jacobson. I think he's kind of been a little bit more even um, of an asset than what they had envisioned him being coming in. Um, they wanted him to come in and rebound and be kind of that tough guy underneath, but I think he's been able to show a little range, step out and hit some hit some shots for him in, in big moments. And then I think Tyrese Halliburton, too, has been a guy that, um, you know, he was obviously uh, in that class with Taylor Horton Tucker and Zion Griffin, um, George Connet, but... Uh, just given what they had in the guard court, he was kind of a guy that was thought, okay, you can come and sit and, and kind of learn behind these guys. But because of the injuries they had, he was asked to be in a little bit bigger role. And I think he's come in and then, and um, you know, not only a team guy, but he's been productive too and um, been smart and taking care of the ball. And um, that's not to say he's been perfect, but I think he's been he's been really, really impressive so far. So that, those would be my two probably that have sucked up the most.
2: Dylan, last thing for me. Cam Lard now with Solomon Young back. He played ten minutes against Eastern Illinois their last time out. Still working his way out of the doghouse. Do you think he ends the season in a Cyclone uniform? When ends the season? Ends the season, or could this be a guy that walks away or is dismissed before we get to the final game for the Clones? Yeah, it's
3: it's kind of a fine line. Uh, I think um, you know, based on on talking to him. You know what was at the beginning of the season or whatever. It sounds like he's kind of accepted that that role that he's in and is just going to kind of fill in. Um, I I think he probably does end the season um, with the team. I, I don't see necessarily anything going astray, um, but you don't know how how a year wears on a guy either. So it's it's tough. If I had to pick right now, he'd be on the team at the end of the season. But um, you know, minutes there are at a premium just because mm-hmm. he's has is kind of shown that he's not going to play two bigs at one time very often. So. If Ward comes in, he's going to have to be productive, not foul, um, you know, run the run rim-to-rim, rim, chase boards. Uh, it, that's kind of what they're going to have to ask him to do. And, um, you know, the, the guards are going to be kind of the featured players. Um, but he can come in and be a difference maker, too. So I, I think um, if he comes in and is productive um, in his minutes, he'll start to go up just because he is the most talented big man. Um, but, uh, yeah, it really is a fine line. But I'd say he's probably on the on the roster at the end of the year.
1: Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com. To read Dylan, Travis Hines, the entire paper, amestrib.com. Dylan, thank you for what you've done for us. Look forward to expanding your brand now that we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kxenov, and having you here in studio. We've still got to carve out here in the next couple of weeks uh, uh, to take a final look back at the at the football season and peek ahead to next year and, of course, Uh, As we know, we'll blink and spring football will be here, and we're all better for that when that happens. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, We will talk to you in the days to come. Appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. It's great to be on with you. Good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com for Dylan Montz, Travis Hines, and the entire crew over there. Interesting question, Trent, on Camelard. The body language jumps off the TV screen. Yeah, Uh, He doesn't look like he's happy. Last year he played almost 27 minutes. What will his minutes be in Big 12 play? Let's say everything's, you know, he's uh he's on board, he's doing guy, everything right. Doing everything right. Out in the doghouse, he's worked his way out. What what kind of minutes in the Big 12? I think obviously, I mean, they're better when he's when when Cam- when Cameron Lard wants to play their he- better he- basketball team for it. 18. Is that your over under? Probably. Can I take the
2: under. Yeah, I might. That's what that's the where under. I'd be too.
1: Sixteen? Maybe. That that's that's it. look, Michael Jacobson is has been a revelation.
2: He plays twenty eight minutes a game. Yeah, I know it. you're not taking minutes away from him. I that. don't think you are
1: either. And, and and I remember and and full disclosure, I'm, I'm friends with his dad, Bill. Um and Katie his mom, who I you know got to know over the years. When when he committed to Iowa State after leaving Nebraska, it was kind of like a eh, eh, good. You no know, local kid coming home, okay, good.
2: See, I, like, I always liked him.
1: I did, too. I liked him better in football. No, not yeah, better. I, yes, I liked did, yes. him as a football player. Yes. I liked him as a basketball player. You saw him play basketball, mm-hmm. though. You do a ton of high school stuff. By the way, your, your first high school game will be when?
2: Friday night. Friday night going to be up in Ankeny Centennial. Now, that game will be streaming only. You can find that at KXNO.com. And okay. also, with our coverage expanded, we're also going to have video coverage with Pete Tarpy and CISN. So I'll be doing the game of the week, Tuesdays and Fridays, double headers. You can catch the video along with my call on CISN along with KXNO.com. So girls' video, too? Yes. Outstanding. Both games. We will have both of them with the video side of things. And then when the schedule allows, it's a little crowded here at KXNO. Yeah, it is. But we will be over the air also with high school basketball. And when will your first over-the-air game be? I believe next Tuesday.
1: Good stuff. Yeah. All right, we will take a time out. If you would like to join the program, you're welcome to do so now. Um, I, I just—I'll say this: Look, th- there's nothing we can do about uh, our time slot. Yeah, I, I get the the disappointment out of a lot of you. I, everybody has bosses, including the people here, and um, that's what they were told that they can bring a local show aboard, but you got to take an hour from here and an hour from there. We get it. I, I see you on social media. The last thing I want... I knew it was going to be difficult to come back here in the first place. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to put up any other hurdles in front of us by taking an hour away from a really popular show. But that's the the cards that we were dealt, and we're not going to turn that opportunity I like the down. Dan Patrick
2: show, too. I do, too. I like it. I do, too. Um, what do you think I was listening to on the way in and sitting here in the studio? I like you're not listening to us. You're listening, not 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 from ten to eleven.
1: I wasn't. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, But if you want to join the show, we we promise that we will take calls. We're not Trent and I. Again, we're not um, not big on that, but we are happy to uh, acquiesce to the wishes here. Two eight four five nine six six is crazy. I remember the phone number. I couldn't tell you what the number up to, is up to dial. I really and truly couldn't. I know that one well. I know you do. Uh two eight four five nine six if you want to join the program, you're you're welcome to do so. We'll take a time out. You gotta call during the break, because Trent does uh, wears a lot of hats, he answers the phone, he pushes the button, he gets us on and off the air, uh, but he's a big part of the program, obviously I've been a co-host, it's Miller and Condon. Uh if you want to join the show, you're welcome to do so. I should tell you this, I'm excited about this. It was something I was able to do here before, and it was a really popular segment. And it's coming back on Fridays, and it's the Claxons Rib Giveaway. Giveaway barbecue every Friday, and we do so on a point spread basis. Now, this is Friday. This isn't now, but on Friday at about oh eleven forty-five year round, not just during football, basketball, but during the summer months as well. We'll find four games. Um, you give us, we'll give you the games, we'll give you the point spread. If you have the most wins, that we'll take four callers. If you have the most wins, you get a thirty-five dollar gift certificate from Claxons in Altoona. The runner-up gets twenty-five dollar gift certificate. So Claxons, thank you for uh for coming back aboard. It's an incredibly popular segment. We will give away barbecue every Friday, courtesy of our friends uh, Andy and company over there at Claxons in Altoona. Fridays, the Claxons Barbecue giveaway returns to 1460 KXNO on the Miller and Condon show. We'll be back after this right here on 1460
0: KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460
1: KXNO. Alright, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon as we take you to noon. 1460 KXNO, Murph and Andy 2-4. The Fanatics... Uh, Coming up at four today. I thought I saw Chad Leistikow is doing their at five o'clock, today. Hawk Central
2: at five. Yep, Hawk Central at same. five.
1: And I think Iowa State women play here tonight. In fact, i positive that they do. Uh, so that probably is what's behind uh, the Hawk Central show coming up with Chad Leistico, Mark Emmerich, and I believe Petey will be sitting in on that today at five o'clock. They will recap the Outback and the O Morning Rush tomorrow on your morning commute uh, from six until eight. Um, I do want to get this in real quick, Trent, because there's a lot of scuttlebutt about the, and I don't understand it quite honestly. Well, if anything, the the uh, Clemson and Alabama prove that we don't need to expand the playoff. Uh, they're yes, they're dominant, but you <laughs> know what? I don't what. Just because number three, number four, number five, number seven, number eight, and number nine all went down, does it sound good? No, it doesn't. And and this this year doesn't help my argument, but. I don't think what we saw does anything to make me believe that four is not the right number, that we should go back to just the top two teams.
2: All it reinforces is there is a level of two teams that is above everybody else. By a long ways. It's Clemson and Alabama. Mm-hmm. The only team over the last four years that's even won a playoff game is Georgia. That was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then they took on Alabama. got up and it in the championship game. So I, I think it just reinforces Clemson and Alabama are on their own tier. Everybody else is another tier. But that doesn't mean the 3-6 matchup wouldn't have been great. Or the 4-5 Ohio State against Oklahoma? You don't think that would have been fun down in Norman? No,
1: it would have been a blast. Uh, you're right about that. Boy, the um, Ohio State, the, the Rose Bowl. You you and I so were both beautiful. there a couple of years What? How many years ago? Three years ago? It was January 1st, 2016, so whatever that was. It was... Um, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. I'll never ever forget it. I
2: forget parts. Couple well, too many you forget the lights. score. Well, yeah, that part too. You know,
1: and I didn't see a minute of the second half. I didn't. I, Shocker! I left. It was it was awful. It, it was the Christian McCaffrey show, but uh, it was more important for me to be there to build up the week of it. You know, and um, and I got to scratch that off my bucket list. Anyways, Corey wants to join the program two eight four five nine six six. Corey, welcome to Miller and Condon. How are you? What's on your mind? Well,
3: welcome back. Thank you, um, buddy. Hey, I wanted to weigh in, you know, and I wish wish you could have asked Bama Bob this. okay What is the criteria for caring about a bowl game? <laughs> LSU for SEC teams? only obviously, because you know
1: no, I think it's more than that
3: here they haven't they haven't lost a bowl game in 30 years that they've cared about. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's what the, you keep hearing this nonsense over and over and over, and it, it's tiresome. I mean it's it's a ridiculous excuse. Did Michigan want to be there? I don't know. I would think anybody that's in a bowl game, you know, I mean that that's that's just a a weak weak excuse for your team not showing up. That, that's how I see it, anyways.
1: Corey, thanks for the call. I appreciate you chiming in. Get back to us two eight four five nine six. I get it, Trent, mm-hmm. and I also get what conference uh, is in the crosshairs.
2: Normally, when that is said, it is annoying to hear the national scribes though say, "Well, yeah, Georgia's getting beat, but they would be a lot better if this was a different game." You can say that with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like the SEC... Cries the loudest when this They happens. get that the most, more than any conference. And for Big well, Ten they fans... they
1: target, though, Trent. I mean, the SEC does wear the bullseye in college football.
2: But when they struggle, like Georgia struggled last night against a team that had four losses, mm-hmm. they should also get the ammunition that comes their way. Um, Ellinger on the
1: podium after the game last night. Texas is bad. Yeah. Is he right? No. See, I think he is. National championship. Oh, act? I didn't say national championship. Oh, okay. I think I think the days of, you know, of seven and five, six and six, of, of subpar. And, and look at the tone was set very early with mm-hmm. mean, the mascots. For did you see that? I did. Re- oh my God! Did that? Did that? And Bevo showing up at stadiums. You have to think so. Honest to God, you? in this litigious of a society, I mean, that poor cameraman who had his back mm-hmm. to the steer, to the Longhorn. I mean, Bevo. If he punctured oh, that guy. I, if he hits an artery, he's gone. Right. I mean, he bleeds out before he gets off the field, sadly. Well, we're getting ready for the Sugar Bowl tonight. And we might be getting you know, fair point. Um, I, I get Corey's point. I get I get the country's point. If you're not an SEC fan, you do hear that a lot. You, you really do. Look, Texas kicked the crap out of him last night.
2: Texas kicked Physically the, dominated. Yes.
1: yes. This is going to be a pain in the you-know-what. He is going to be a pain in the you-know-what.
2: And as much as I was rooting for Texas last night, I don't think I'll be rooting for them much anymore. No, you know, it's fun to see the blue bloods get back and mm-hmm. build back up, but then because college football to me is better when they're when they're yes, better. But when they are now, now that they're on the cusp, and no more rooting for Texas. Mm. Ask you a question: Do you play in the confidence bowl? I don't play in those often. I didn't do one this year. I bet on every bowl game. <laughs>
1: I'm not surprised, and that's not an exaggeration, folks. You'll no. get to know Trent. No. Trend. no. Um, but here's my quote What would you have done, Commissioner Condon, if in, if in a confidence pool, what was the bowl game that was canceled? The what? Boston College. The Boston. I know it was the two teams, but what was it called? Do you remember? Boston College, Boise State. Whatever it was called. Texas Bowl. It wasn't Texas. It might have been the Heartland
2: Bowl, maybe? That's what it used to be called. The Heart of Dallas Bowl is what it used to be called. It's changed names, but what, yes. What would you have done? At, at the confidence pool? In the confidence pool. What would you have done? Because everybody
1: has different points and everybody has different teams. Well, Shouldn't everybody have been awarded whatever points that they
2: used? As a commissioner. Commissioner Condon, make the rule. I just cross it out. That's what happened. That's the easiest thing to do. I don't think it's I'm the right I'm a lazy thing. commissioner. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I think you, you played one on... of my leagues. You know this. I do. I don't... <laughs> I didn't get out the winners until March of our NFL pool last year. I'm not the best commissioner, but that's what I do because it's the easiest. Yeah, I Cross it off. Didn't not happen.
1: Not sure that was the right way to go about yeah, probably it. Probably not. Uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State tonight. They play at 8 o'clock. If you can't be in front of your TV, the game airs uh, on the FM dial at uh, the home here in Central Iowa. 100.3, the bus. Coming up on the program tomorrow, Alex Halstead uh, will join us. We will recap Oklahoma State and Iowa State with Alex. We will hear... From from uh, Wade Bill, former Hawkeye, will preview the Hawks in Purdue. David Kaplan is going to join us. He'll chime on in here. Are you buying this Bryce Harper uh, flying under the radar type stuff to
2: Chicago? That's, a little bit, more are you? than I would have a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't like it from a Cubs perspective. I think there are more pertinent ways to spend your money. I don't think it's going to
1: happen. Yeah. I think they need pitching. I'm with you. Uh, we'll talk to Cappy tomorrow. Look forward to doing that. Centurion Stone makes that possible. Cappy normally on Wednesday. Just didn't think uh, think that day one Cappy fit today. Let's get John in here before we say goodbye uh, for the day. John, welcome to Miller and Condon. How are you?
0: Well, thank you guys, and uh, and welcome to your new your new home. Thank you. I can't really welcome you because I don't work there, but welcome <laughs> anyway. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the college football problem in bowl games, and it's it's a bigger problem every year as the emphasis on the national championship increases somebody's got something to prove in that game and somebody does not and in football that can often be the difference you look at the drake iowa state game mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to to look too far to find games where just the fact that somebody cared and the other team didn't has a huge role aaron Rodgers as a senior at cal they almost were in the bcs they got squeezed out at the last minute they went down and lost in the holiday bowl
1: that's just what happens in these bowl games. I don't disagree with that. And I think the Drake-Iowa State game is a perfect example, John. It's, it's motivation. Iowa State wasn't motivated to play on the championship Saturday. Drake was. And good for Drake, right. by it, the way. That elevated their program. I mean, that's the oh, first yeah. time I've ever cared or talked about uh, Drake It was football. a great outcome for both,
0: yes. both teams. Iowa State got the win they needed, and and Drake got a, a game they could recruit off of. It was really a good outcome up of- a good outcome for Iowa football fans right here in the state of Iowa. Mm. Because if Iowa State had lost that game, it would have been pretty mm. bad. Mm-mm-mm. No matter how much you're happy, mm. that would have been a bummer for uh, just football fans here in the state of Iowa. Well, good luck, guys.
1: Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. Uh, the first responders bowl, I'm told. Okay. Baseball betting listening in the first responders bowl. All right, tonight, will you dabble on Oklahoma State, Iowa State? I mean...
2: Didn't like the line. What it, is it? It came out at 5, and it's down at 4.5 when I looked this morning.
1: Don't you think Iowa State? Was? See, I think they're gonna
2: first road game though. Yeah. Conference season, it's a stay away for me. You know who I'm on, and I got him early yesterday. Who?
1: Nebraska. New. No. They play at 5:30, I think. Don't it's they? It's Maryland. Maryland. Maryland yeah. Who's been a disappointment? Mm-hmm.
2: I think Nebraska's legit. Des Moines' hometown team. Ken Miller. Really? The Bulldogs have covered ten straight games against the number.
1: Yeah. How about the buzz Brian Hardens created for this yes. Drake? Drake Athletics. Whether it be the women's basketball, who's, you know, once again is off to a terrific start, the men's basketball with hiring DeVries and Company. Brian Harden is moving the needle. That was a terrific hire, really was. Drake is. Starting to elbow its way into the sports landscape as they try to become Des Moines State. Look, they're never gonna take any Iowa, Iowa State fans away, but if you moved to if you're new to the area, who knows? Brian Harden's done a nice job over there. Trent, you did a nice job each and every day. We're grateful for you to be here. Thank you to our audience who joined us. Thank you to KXNO for giving us this I mean in particular this opportunity. Never forget that a lot of people behind it and uh, they made a ton to me. We'll do it again tomorrow back here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon talking sports with you and that we will promise. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for being here. 1460 KXNO.